The stove is heating up and the winter meetings are upon us. And to break it all down, Grant McCauley is back from the honeymoon, ready to join the conversation as we preview these winter meetings. Let's get into it on today's episode of Locked on Braves. You are locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out some of my written work over at bravestoday.com. Follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast. If you're new watching on YouTube, do a favor, hit me that hit that subscribe button. We're up over 8,000 subscribers on YouTube right now. So thank you so much for all the support there. Hit that thumbs up button. It helps grow the show as well. And thank you for all the support you give me here at Locked On Braves, a great community we have created here. I normally do these podcasts live during the off season, but I got Grant joining me today and we are going to preview the winter meetings. So looking forward to getting into that conversation. Before we do though, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And Grant, with this offseason is here, and we are ready. It is more than here. Things are starting to heat up. You're starting to see some moves coming, trickle in here. But with the winter meetings coming up this weekend, things are expected to really ramp up. And there's still a lot of names out there. But before we get into that, got to once again tell you congratulations. So excited for you, you. Uh, and your marriage and so excited for the honeymoon you got to go on and spend that time off and unplug as Kyle Wright, Michael Soroka is getting traded. Yep. Braves are signing all the relief pitchers out there in the world. Uh, but congratulations to you. Really excited and happy for you. Yeah, thanks so much. It's great to be back, but it's one of those things I think when you go on a vacation like that, especially given the timing and the life event, maybe you're not quite ready to come back, but yeah, there's a few things to do, I guess, before we get to spring training. So, and a lot of things left for us to discuss as far as the Braves are concerned, even though they've been pretty busy here over the first few weeks of this offseason. They have been, and that's where I want to start because I think a lot of people have forgotten the Braves have done a good bit this offseason. Now, some of that's been subtracting but they've also made some additions as well, brought back some guys from the team that won 104 games last year. I want to start just talking about those subtractions and additions and kind of get your thoughts on some of these. I know you've covered it already on you know, From the Diamond, your podcast, and other places, but want to get some of your thoughts here. Sam Hilliard, gone. Orioles claimed him from the uh, on waivers. Jesse Chavez, he's a free agent. Wouldn't be surprised if we see him come back on one of those split contract deals. Kevin Pillar, Free agent, possibly retirement, still not sure where he lands. Eddie Rosario, Kirby Yates, Brad Hand, Colin McHugh all got their options rejected. Still think there's a chance that maybe one of those guys comes back. Maybe Eddie Rosario, the Braves might look to bring him back. Yanni Chirinos let go. I mentioned Michael Soroka along with Jared Schuster, Nicky Lopez, and Braden Shoemaker traded to the White Sox. Kyle Wright traded to the Royals. I think that's one that surprised a lot of people. Nick Anderson traded to the Royals as well. And Colby Allard and Michael Tonkin also uh, non-tendered. A little surprised by the Colby Allard one just because he had an option remaining. Mm -hmm. And the Braves looking to have that pitching depth and he wasn't that expensive. But 
You know, the Braves really did some work while you were giving your vows or getting ready to exchange your vows the day before, Grant. There was a lot of players that have been cut off this roster. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I took, what, a week and a half away, and I, I did this a year ago, too, as a, you know, inside baseball story for me. When I got engaged, I was just hoping the Braves would do nothing for a day. That was December 12th of last year. They traded for Sean Murphy. So the Braves, when I go away for any finite amount of time, they're going to find a way to do something. I gave them 10 days. I, I really... I think I left too wide a berth there. And Alex Anthopoulos was very busy. And as they started to pair some of these names off of the roster, I mean, there weren't a lot of surprises in terms of the non-tenders or even the uh, player options. I think we talked a little bit about that way back when uh, we were kind of trying to forecast what this winter could look like. The Michael Soroka thing surprised me a little bit. The Kyle Wright thing definitely surprised me. But it's nothing that really, when you stop and think about it, changes the dynamics of 2024. Unfortunately for Kyle, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, and the road back from those to being the pitcher that you were before is a lot more treacherous than it is for guys dealing with elbow injuries. And I would say for him and for Soroka, I mean, these are two great guys. I hope that they have success wherever they go, whenever they can, uh, get themselves back on track and back in the big leagues. The Chicago White Sox, I think, are going to be very happy to have Michael Soroka. The Royals have to play a little bit of a waiting game for Kyle. But again, these are two great dudes, and I hope they have success. But you could kind of look at the Braves' picture and where they are. And I did talk about this on my show and from the diamond is that the Braves aren't really in a place where they're able to develop guys at the big league level to let them get back to finding their form again at the big league level. I know there was a very just up and down and and crazy couple of spots in the Braves rotation over the course of 2023, but that wasn't really by design. And, And I thought once Soroka didn't get that chance to stay in the major leagues, which I would have loved to have seen for him, it kind of started to tell you that maybe they were going to go a different direction, but uh, Alex Anthopoulos took what looked like a bunch of expiring assets and players that weren't going to be Braves next year, at least as far as the non-tender was concerned, and turned him into a pretty good lefty reliever and Aaron Bummer. And they went out and got another one in, in Jackson Cower for Cal Wright and obviously bringing in Reynaldo Lopez, which I'm sure we'll get to. They've added some arms to this bullpen and bringing back Joe Jimenez, bringing back Pierce Johnson. Those moves, I think, needed to happen in terms of you know, getting your pitching staff as strong as you can. And it just looked like there was maybe just a little bit of fat to trim on the 40-man roster and the Braves just went about doing that very early, and I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do to fill up what I believe is at least seven more spots on the 40-man before we get to spring training. Yeah, still uh, a lot to fill up there. I mean, you don't have to have a complete 40-man roster, but almost every team will going into the season, so there is still a lot of addition that has to happen here with a lot of subtraction that's already taken place. You make a good point about Michael Soroka and other you know pitchers who – you know, maybe if you were a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. you might have more opportunity to give them other stars. I think that was the frustrating thing with Michael Soroka this past season is they call him up, they give him a start or two, and maybe it didn't quite go as well, which to be expected for a guy that hasn't pitched for two and a half years. And you mm-hmm. just, you got to have that short lease. I think that's why the Yanni Torino's experiment was one that was just, everybody was frustrated with because he did get that lease. He got five starts right. in a row, but you weren't able really to afford that with Soroka or even a Schuster or Dodd at points, even AJ Smith Schauber, mm-hmm. you know, never really got that long look. I mean, this is a team that's ready to contend and win now and you just aren't afforded that ability. And I'm sure it was going to be the same thing with Kyle Wright. You know, who knows exactly when he was going to be able to come right. back and what he would look like. And I think the Braves just, as you said, we're not at that position where we can kind of do that. Let's go ahead and cut ties, maybe save a little bit of money. I know there's a quote from Kyle Wright, you know, talking yeah. about it being a money cutting thing. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that was the full reason in that. I think his health was certainly a big part in that. 
but the Braves have made a lot of subtractions. You mentioned some of the additions as well, bringing back Pierce Johnson, Joe Jimenez, Ronaldo Lopez to form what might be one of the better bullpens in all of mm -hmm. baseball this year. Uh, the move for, for Aaron Bummer, Jackson Coar as well, uh, who has an option, and that's a big thing as well. The Braves yep. looking to do this this season is get more guys in there that they can option back and forth. That's something that really hurt them this past season. Some of these guys they brought back on minor league contracts like Chadwick Trump, Luke Williams, Grant Holmes, uh, Ben Bowden's another uh, arm that they got on a minor league deal, Andrew Velasquez. Mm -hmm. And then here recently – they went and brought back Penn Murphy and Jackson Stevens on split contracts. My understanding is both those guys are on the 40-man roster, uh, so they do count towards that, but you know they make a, a different salary based on whether they're in the minors or in the majors. So they have made some additions here, but to your point, there is work left to be done. A lot of roster spots still open, and Grant, you know, a lot of these things are things we talked about at the beginning of the offseason and what's left to do, and I still believe starting pitching Mm -hmm. is what everybody's focusing on. But sometimes with Alex Anthopoulos, it's when everybody's focusing on, he's kind of looking the other way and what else he could do. Maybe he's looking at left field. Maybe he's looking at shortstop. Maybe he's looking at just creating the best bullpen of all time. You never really know what Alex is doing. But I think starting pitching, maybe left field as well, if you can find something, is what's really left to be done on Alex's plate this offseason. Yeah, it's got to be the, the two biggest, you know, check, you know, boxes that he wants to check before this winter is over. And I, I talked about this, you know, on my show, I've talked about this for years, actually, is that if you look at what Alex Antopoulos does over the course of the winter, the trade deadline, whatever it is, and, and really just kind of year round, he's not necessarily saying, okay, we have to go out and get a player to fill this position. And until we do that, we're not doing anything else. And really, nobody shops that way. I think it's easy for us to think about it on the outside as, okay, well, they really need to solve this problem because if they don't fix this, if they don't get this starting pitcher or get this position filled, then this team's not going to be able to have success. But he always seems to find a way to go out there and do something, sometimes outside the box, sometimes completely, and no pun intended, out of left field, although left field might be a spot that he could be looking at. And the winter meetings is always, it feels like to me, a springboard for renewing talks, for having brand new ones, to maybe planting some seeds that will bear some fruit a little bit later, right after you get home. Sometimes we'll see deals happen right around the new year before spring training. And, and clearly there's a lot of free agents out there as well that has nothing to do with trades. But I, I feel like the Braves are kind of in a place where a trade might make more sense for them in terms of their starting rotation need. And we can talk about those names, and I'm sure we will, you know, when we go down a little bit further about who could be on that wish list. But, you know, you go back to those Kyle Wright comments, and I did want to say I agree with you. I don't think it was necessarily, hey, we just can't afford to pay Kyle Wright $1.4 million he was projected for. He's not going to pitch next year. They'd have to pay him again in 2025. And who's to say when and, and to what level Kyle would be back to? That, unfortunately, was a business of baseball decision. And I'm sure Alex didn't want to say, hey, well, we just don't believe in you anymore, so we're going to let you go. Every GM has a number. Everybody has somebody to answer to at every single level in that executive office. And Alex Anthopoulos is no different. I mean, that doesn't mean that the Braves don't have money to spend. I'll say that. Yeah, good segue here, because next thing I want to talk about, what money is left to spend? We've heard rumors of them going, you know, all in on an Aaron Nola, possibly being on on a Sonny Gray. So when we come back, I want to talk about that. What what kind of money do they have left to spend? And you already talked about this as well. Is it more prudent for them to go the free agent route or the trade route? What's more likely? We'll discuss those topics here next. Get in on the action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning 
$5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time than now. You got the NFL season going on, NBA, NHL, college football, so much sports action going on. Unfortunately, not Major League Baseball, but there are other sports out there. Trust me, I've seen them every now and then. You can go and get on the action with those. It's, their app is so easy to use. A lot, a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And Grant, I don't know that I've ever asked you this. Are you a Georgia Bulldogs fan? If you're not, just yeah. go ahead and say that you are because our listeners will be mad if you don't. But if you go over to FanDuel right now, they are the favorites. Last time I looked, it was a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Alabama in this weekend's SEC championship game. So you want to get in on some of that action, go to FanDuel, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, where you can make your bets over there. Also make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Grant, want to get back into this winter meetings preview conversation and talk about what we could see at the winter meetings. We've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of stuff flying around right now. We obviously don't hear much coming out of Braves camp, but you know, we have heard some trade rumors. We've heard them linked to free agents. There's a, you know, report rumor out there, whatever you want to call it, that the Braves were willing to go as high as 27 million a year for Aaron Nola, which just Seems crazy for Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves, something we haven't seen before. But if those reports are true, Grant, that would have to mean that there is money out there for the Braves to spend if they wanted to go the free agent route. Yeah, I think there simply is. That's a long story short. But to kind of go back to all the spending that they've done and the way that they have trended over the past uh, at least, what, three seasons now since 2020 when there was a lot of questions about you know the, the viability of some of the models of not having fans in the stands and all those things, putting all that aside, and the, that may have had people reevaluating back then. But since 2021 and the Braves' World Series run was a huge part of it, 2022 record crowds, 2023 more record crowds, the battery is buzzing, the Braves, I mean, their financials are out there for people to see. Everybody knows that they're printing money, and the Braves are well aware of that. And I think you've heard from you know, Terry McGurk and to an extent Alex Anthopoulos that Keith said, I've never been told no when I've wanted to do something, so that is my expectation. If I come up with some way to help this team and I present it to the people who are in charge of this and have to sign off on it, I expect them to look at it and say, okay, if you think this is best, this is what we're going to do. That's Alex's expectation. And Terry McGurk has said, look, we know what we've trended in the direction that's gotten us into the top 10. We see ourselves as a top five payroll. And to do that and to say those things, clearly you have to have, I think, the financial wherewithal around you so that that can be a realistic possibility for you. And the Braves have all that. So I say all that to say that if you were to go assign somebody like an Aaron Nola to a you know, 25, 26, 27 million dollar a year deal over six years. I believe that's what was reported. You know, that would make sense. I know that no brave in their extensions has a salary, I think an average annual value bigger than 23 million, but none of these guys, yeah. yeah, but none of these guys signed those deals as free agents. Right. So that's kind of the difference. And and having your core locked up and signing guys and avoiding arbitration and giving them the, you know, the ability to not have to wonder and worry about that, giving the club cost certainty. I mean, Jake, at some point you expected all of that was built to give them the opportunity to know, okay, we have all of these pieces in place. Now we can go out and sign this piece and put him in. And that's kind of, it's all part of a bigger plan. That's the way I've always read that. And so it's going to be interesting to see if the Braves will go out there and do that, sign that premier free agent. I'm sitting here saying, I, I know that they haven't gone out and signed the biggest free agent in any particular winter in a very long time. Greg Maddox may be the last one. 
I don't know. But putting all that aside, they have dabbled in free agency and signed some guys that have cost them draft picks before. So I can't say that draft picks are the one thing that's going to keep them from doing it. But we'll have to see, you know, who's out there right now, free agent wise, that makes the most sense for the Braves with Aaron Nola off the board and with Sonny Gray off the board. I felt like those were probably the two best fits. There are some other free agent pitchers out there, including the National League Cy Young Award winner, who might make some sense for a number of different teams. What they're going to do, when they're going to do it, I don't really know. Yeah, now, I was smiling while you were talking there because you really were kind of making the point uh, I said on earlier podcast this week is that with what Alex Antalas has done and shoring up this core and mm-hmm. knowing what you're paying them long term, you would think that would build up to a point where you have the money, and we've talked about that as well, and I believe they do, to go out and make that splash and maybe take a little bit of risk. I mean, these free agent deals, they are risky, especially you're talking about starting pitchers, but you have built up this core and locked them up long-term to a point where you can take that risk, I, I believe. And again, it's not my money, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a point where I think they can do that. Now, again, to your, to your final point there, Who's left out there that re- they really feel comfortable doing that? Aaron Nola, it seemed like was a unique unique case yep. because of his durability, which I think is something that Alex Antopoulos really was looking at. You know, I know there's going to be 20 teams in on him, but Yamamoto just seems like the mm-hmm. you know best case scenario for what Alex Antopoulos is looking for and locking up a guy who's 25 who you can feel comfortable giving an, an eight, nine, 10 year deal. I don't know what he's going to get, what he's projected, but to give him a long-term deal because he is so young. So that seems like the right fit. I know everybody wants to talk about Otani and look, if I knew, if I knew he was going to come back in 2025 mm-hmm. and be that guy, I would feel much more comfortable handing him 400 million because I think he's going to make you that money back in Atlanta yeah. with, yeah. with the merchandise and all the attention he's going to bring. But I just, that is a real risk. Now, Grant, I'll go ahead and ask you. I want to ask you a little bit later. I know when we talked earlier, you said Otani pretty much zero percent chance. Mm-hmm. Has that changed with you at all? With you know what we've heard throughout this off season, is it any higher now? If he wanted to take a short term deal to kind of you know prove that he was healthy as a pitcher and come back, or maybe you did a long term deal with an opt out, does that give the Braves a better chance? I'll put it to you this way. I do think that whatever his contract is, given that he has the elbow injury and can't pitch next year, and that does put some doubt on what is the most unique player that we have ever seen, because who else has done the stuff that Shohei Otani has done ever in the history of baseball to be a dominant hitter and a dominant pitcher at the same time? It's just unheard of. But now his whole case is a little bit different. That doesn't mean that some team is not going to come out there and give him, like you said, $400 plus million when he comes back. Is he going to be a starting pitcher? Is he going to find that same success? Might he transition into maybe being a, a bullpen piece that would throw, you know, 50 or 60? You know, trying to overtax him, have him make 81 appearances or something like that in a season, but maybe just a hard throwing, high octane, late inning reliever who, in addition to that, could pop you 40 home runs as your designated hitter. Maybe that's what his future looks like. I will not say it's a 0% chance because I just watched CM Punk come back to WWE <laughs> after a decade. And in that particular arena, as they say, Never say never, but I don't expect that Shohei Otani is going to be the splash move for the Braves. And I really don't know exactly you know, what his future looks like since the elbow injury crept back into that picture. That really changed a lot on what could have been a wild bidding war that I was thinking about six months ago could end up being in the five or $600 million range. That's kind of what I was expecting then. I don't know if that deal's still out there for Shohei. Yeah, it's just wild. If he doesn't have that elbow injury, he possibly wins the MVP and Cy Young. And then 
could you imagine the sweep sweepstakes for him this offseason? I would then say there's a zero percent chance for the Braves sure. getting in, but I think maybe there's that five percent chance that again, if maybe he wanted to take a short term deal, higher AAV or a long term deal with maybe some opt outs in there once he proves the arms healthy, maybe that gives the Braves a little bit of a chance, but still think it's very, very unlikely. Do you have a lean as far as where he would go or where he could go? I feel like everybody talks about him wanting to stay out West, but then there've been all these reports, you know, in the last couple of weeks, especially, and I was maybe off social media, but I still like to read in my downtime. He's interested in winning. I mean, I think Max Scherzer had the quote even that, Hey, money's cool. Winning's even cooler. So I think that's going to be a factor for Shohei Otani. And the other thing, I know you were saying a short-term deal. I don't necessarily think he has to go that route. Like I don't think he's that much of damaged goods. I think there's some club that's going to say, Hey, this is a chance to get a generational talent to play for us for five, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is that he gets, maybe his contract is just structured different so that it reaches certain thresholds. Like if he's a hitter, an everyday guy that's doing what he did last year and is still able to hit, even if he's not on the mound, I think he's a 25 or $30 million player. I also think he's a 25 or $30 million pitcher. And if we're given Max Scherzer, to throw that name back out there, and Justin Verlander, $40 plus million to pitch, who's to say that Shohei Otani is not in some, in some way, shape, or form a $50 million player? for all the things that he does. So I know that some people are going to say, oh, it doesn't work that way. That's not how it is. There's never been another player like Shohei Otani. So I'd invite you to, you know, as they say, prove me wrong, because the only person that's going to be able to do it is Shohei Otani with what kind of deal that he signs. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see maybe his contract is less about the opt-outs and more about the if you pitch, then you're able to earn this extra amount of money. Yeah. And that could take a three or $400 million contract into 500 or maybe 600 million dollars i don't know i'm not sure what they're going to get for him but it's tantalizing to think about even though the injury cloud is kind of hanging over yeah it still is even with the injury i think a very you know fun and interesting conversation to have this offseason is what is that deal going to look like and is the team going to go all in on them in that regard got a lot more i want to get into and talk with grant about discussing the winter meetings where alex and has been a little bit quiet in the past but again things are starting to Come up in the rumor mill that maybe a trade could be in the works here pretty soon. We'll talk about that next. Also want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Granted, it's going to be 24-7 streaming of the winter meetings next week. Looking forward to that. It's what a lot of baseball fans kind of look forward to. As you said, maybe not always the deals get done there, but it usually is setting up things to happen down the road. Like you said, usually that week, week or two after, before Christmas time comes is where you're going to see a lot of deals get done. And we've talked about the possibility of the Braves having money to go the free agent route, but I don't know that there's just too many great fits left out there and if that's the case, then maybe they do look to go with a trade. And maybe they look to upgrade the pitching staff with a trade, although they don't have a ton of you know, great prospects in order to make some of these deals. I do think they have enough to trade for some of these players. But you look at a Dylan C, somebody that mm-hmm. I've talked about a lot. His name's been out there a lot, linked to the Braves. Uh, John Morosi the other day saying the Braves are you know, a finalist in those conversations as well. Corbin Burns, Tyler Glass now, 
uh, Shane Bieber with the Guardians. I mean, there's a lot of really good front of the rotation pitching that could be available during trade. Now it's going to cost you prospects, and you don't know if you're going to have them long term. You know, when Alex makes these trades, at least the last two offseason, he looks to try to get an extension done. Burns and Cease in particular, I believe, are both Boris clients, and that's mm -hmm. going to make things a little bit more difficult. But what do you think about the trade market right now? Is that a better fit for the Braves to upgrade that rotation right now? Yeah, I think those names you just mentioned, I mean, those are the kind of guys that if you were able to get one of those and put them in your 2024 rotation with Spencer Strider, with Max Fried, with Charlie Morton, you know, and then kind of sort out, you know, which way you want to go at the five. I mean, it's going to be a pretty impressive group. So I'm really, I don't know which way I would lean towards those. I went through some of them on my show. I mean, Shane Bieber, he makes me a little bit, I guess, tentative just based on what his season was last year. His strikeout rate was the lowest of his career dealt with some injuries. Otherwise, I mean, you know, you look at Tyler Glass now, clearly injury has been a big problem for him. He's got a $25 million price tag. He's a one-year kind of a rental type player, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, getting the whole year, though, of him is still valuable. And I think this is something that's been thrown around a lot with, well, what would people want to trade for Juan Soto for one year and then watch him walk away and you lose all those prospects? But you're also getting that year. You're getting that opportunity of having that talented player. In this case, you know, maybe a Tyler Glass now for whatever club's looking for him on your team. Maybe you're able to sell him on your city. Maybe he ends up coming back. Who knows? But I also look at a lot of the one-year trades that have gone down in, in recent memory, and teams aren't able to extract five, six, seven top prospects. I mean, you don't have to deal all of your top guys to get one year of a player. It just doesn't typically work that way. So I wouldn't say that any of these players are off the board. I mean, Dylan Cease has been, I think, more durable than uh, just about anybody else who was mentioned uh, Corbin Burns clearly has is, is got a Cy Young pedigree. I would be interested to see, you know, if that's a deal that the Brewers make, because it sounds like uh, from the Burns side, especially that the opportunity to go ahead and sign an extension kind of went out the window. And those two sides maybe didn't quite meet, uh, have had the meeting of the minds that they wanted to have on what his value was going to be. So it sounds like he could be traded. Cease, I don't see why the White Sox wouldn't trade him. I don't think he's going to be any cheaper at the trade deadline than he is now and vice versa. I think that deal is what it is. You get two years out of him, knowing that Max Fried is facing free agency as well after this next season. Alex Antopoulos has some questions to answer a little bit more long-term. I know you've talked about that. I think we talked about that as well about a month ago. This is a rotation that you're going to have to figure out what it's going to look like because Charlie Morton's not going to come back every year. And even if he could, he gets a year older every time. And Max Fried could be gone. Kyle Wright clearly is already gone. That's very different than what we thought this was. If we were having this discussion way back on February the 1st, I think we'd be very surprised at where we've ended up here as we approach December the 1st and the winter meetings right around the corner. Yeah, no, it's a, a definitely exciting to see where we're going to go. I think the trade route makes a lot of sense, but mm -hmm. again, I just, I wonder, I wonder if it all depends on obviously what you have to get up, but how Alex feels on locking up one of these guys, because you kind of touched on it and I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well is, do you feel like there's added pressure I guess first I should ask you, are you feeling like Freed is gone after 2024? Because I think I am. And I think the aggressiveness after Nola kind of solidified that for me, because if you really thought you could bring Freed back, why would you not give him that money? And maybe they have, we don't know. And I don't know how those conversations have gone, but it just, mm -hmm. it seems like he's going to hit free agency. And if that's the case, we've seen with Freeman, we've seen with Swanson. Once that mm -hmm. happens, your chances of coming back drop significantly is there pressure from Alex Anthopoulos? And it doesn't have to be done this offseason. You could obviously do it next offseason. But if the right deal is out there, 
you know, is there a little bit of, of looking towards the future to find a kind of go ahead and find that replacement if the writing is kind of on the wall with Freed? Yeah, I, I think it's it's more than just Max Freed, though. And that's where I feel like the rotation has entered kind of a critical place because, uh, again, if Charlie Morton retires after 2024 and Kyle Wright was the guy that you thought had just solidified himself as of 2022, he's already not in the picture. Michael Soroka is no longer in the picture. So folks can, you know, kind of stop, you know, being teased by the idea that they're going to get him back at the form that he was prior. All of a sudden, you got a lot of questions in this rotation, particularly if Freed goes free agent. So, can he, will he get to free agency? I'm I'm inclined to say, yeah, now he might, but they could approach him if they wanted to spend on him and they find the deal that makes the most sense. I think he could stay too. I think he genuinely likes being an Atlanta Brave. I don't think it's his desire to go play somewhere else that's driving him right, right out the door. But the closer you get to that free agency, you know, that year, the more likely it is that you're going to end up out there. And when the market is open, as you just pointed out, you know, it changes things drastically. I think the Braves would love to have Dansby Swanson back but they weren't going to give him the deal that the Chicago Cubs gave him. Freddie Freeman thing I'm going to put in a box over to the side because I think that's been talked about to mm-hmm. death. I think that's a deal that could have gotten done if it if if sides were looking at it maybe a little bit differently in hindsight. Maybe it would be different. I don't know. We don't have a time machine. We don't have to worry about it. But with Max Freed, I think it's, it's becoming more and more likely, obviously, that he's going to be a free agent. But I wouldn't rule out the idea of an extension out completely altogether because I think that the two sides are still interested in continuing this. And if the Braves can meet his number, why not just go ahead and stick around with a team you know and you love and a team that's built to win? Yeah, no, I, I, my number one priority, I said, coming into the offseason is do what you can to try to extend Max Freed. I just, again, we're talking about trying to fill that gap of Max Freed. I know there's been some durability concerns based on what happened this past offseason, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you look at the seasons before that, the three seasons yeah. before that, I mean, he's made, you know, 30, 28-plus starts, so – I'm not as concerned about that. And when he's pitched, he's been Cy Young caliber. So I would extend him if you can. Again, I'm not saying he wants to leave in free agency. It just feels like if something were going to get done, we would have you know heard something at least about it by now or those conversations might have gotten a little bit closer. And we've kind of seen what's happened in the past with Freeman and Swanson. The more it kind of drags on, the more you kind of feel like it's not going to happen. All right, last thing I want to talk about here as we do go into the winter meetings, and we have a couple of days before that happens, so something could certainly break before then. But do you think the Braves and Alex Anthopoulos, do they make a big splash at these winter meetings? Do we see them sign a big free agent you know, starter? I don't know who would be in the outfield, but do we see them make a big splash in free agency or do we see them make a big trade, let's say, over the next week here? I feel like the trade is still the most likely thing. I just don't know what big free agent splash is still out there. I mean. You know, there are some players they could bring back. I don't know that they would necessarily qualify as, as big sign. Like if you brought Eddie Rosario back or if you signed Adam Duvall or whoever it may be to play left field, I mean, that is not necessarily, I think, going to shake the foundation of the club, especially when you look at the other eight spots in the lineup that already look pretty darn good. So I feel like a trade, if there's going to be something, could happen. And I would love to, since I'm going to be in Nashville, be sitting in that nice little press conference room uh, for all of Major League Baseball to see that the Braves have made some kind of big trade to help address their rotation because, as we just talked about, moving forward, going beyond 2024, they're going to need more than just Spencer Strider to get this thing done. So I think that there is some pressure uh, on Alex and, and on the Braves just in general from a long-term planning standpoint to really shore that up, to shore that group up, and to know that while they've got all these other nice players, these these big pieces that you have in your lineup under contract for the next so basically rest of this decade, you're going to need to have the pitchers to go with them. Bullpen looks great, but I do think they could use another starting pitcher, and maybe they'll get it done within this week, and maybe it'll be a trade for one of those names we threw out there. 
Yeah, certainly would uh, love to see that happen. Be exciting. Winter meetings, always very exciting, not just for what the Braves do, but hopefully get this market rolling. There's still yeah. a lot of players out there, free agent wise, you know, those probably need to get taken care of so that we can see other other moves happen. But uh, again, like we talked about, the winter meetings are usually kind of the kickoff point to the offseason. Really, I know stuff's already been done before now, but really winter meetings is where the things kind of start start happening conversations start happening to really see moves happen you know yeah. down the road and that's what alex has done a great job of again he doesn't necessarily make a ton of deals at winter meetings so wouldn't wouldn't bet on it but certainly that is when he gets those conversations rolling and we see those moves happen we see a sean murphy trade uh happen as well so uh looking forward to that excited you're going to be there know you'll be keeping everybody up to date with your podcast, your show uh, from the diamond everywhere. You're talking about Braves baseball. So make sure that you follow Grant there if you don't already. Thank you for following us here at Locked On Braves. Thanks for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Make sure that you uh, go out and follow us on social media at shortstopball at Locked On underscore Braves. Again, follow Grant if you're not already. I'm sure you are if you're a Braves fan, uh, but make sure you do. And make sure that you follow us here at Lockdown Braves. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 